Good morning, everybody. Hopefully you're having an outstanding Wednesday, Veterans Day, if you're in the United States. So hopefully you have, uh, maybe if you're lucky, you have the day off. I mean, uh, I messed up a little bit and forgot to, oh crap, forgot to have my stuff set up. So that is, that's what happens whenever you kind of running a little behind in the morning. But I'll just start out, actually, I'll just, since I forgot to do that, I'll just say, hey, welcome to the DSD podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne. I'm not a therapist, nor am I an attorney. I'm an individual much like you that's developed some tips and techniques to help me get through my experience that I share with you to help you do the same and uh, minimize the impact of a toxic ex. Uh, Remember that only a licensed professional can diagnose somebody with a personality disorder, so be careful throwing around terms like narcissism and NPD and BPD and comorbid with dark triad and which you can't be comorbid with dark triad but you understand what i'm saying so just be prepared just know that whenever you start doing that you can hurt your own position and hurt your credibility focus on the patterns of behavior uh if you uh want to actually i don't have the phone number so the links to get the text notification are down below uh i do have a guest today alex falcone will be with us so i'll bring him on in a second uh i am going to try to do the phone call in thing. So if you have questions for Alex and myself during the show, uh, you can dial in for that. The only thing I ask is just, since this is, we have a guest on, if you call in, have a question and then we'll bounce out, right? So it'll be like, Hey, I want to know about this. And then we can use that as a discussion point and we'll see how, we'll see how that goes. So the phone numbers are listed down in the description as well. And on that, I'm just going to swipe it over or swipe, swipe it, swipe it over to and br- over to Alex and bring him on. Hey, Alex, how you doing this morning? Pretty good. How are you? I am okay. Well, I'm a little dis, uh, I, I guess a little more disheveled than I thought because I forgot to set up one of my, uh, my startup scripts. So that didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hey, thanks for joining me early. I know that, uh, this isn't the best time, uh, the best time slot in the world, but, uh, you were able to squeeze us in before you have to go to work. So I appreciate you taking the time to come and hang out with us. And I can't believe what, what's wrong. I can't believe Glenn Baker is on here. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I wonder if he found your channel first or mine. Hard to say, hard to say. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Anyways, for the people who don't know you, I mean, I know I talk about you a lot and I, I bring things up, but if you could just kind of, introduce yourself real quick on on who you are and what you have going on and then we'll dive into the topic yeah it looks like you had me on as a, both channels this time so tppo and j so i'm the administrator of our nevada judges and i'm also the one who created the proper person channel uh the proper person is my approach to trying to help people navigate the complex legal system on their own i actually ended up getting a lot of people who are just trying to figure out what's going on. They, they're not on their own, they have attorneys, but it was originally meant to help people who didn't have attorneys. And now it kind of just helps you know everyone generally. And then the other channel is a channel that kind of became an extension to a website. And that website is rnevadajudges.com, which tracks every single judicial department in the state of Nevada. Hold on a second, I'm gonna bring that up real quick so just people can see the website. So I, I had shown, I here's the proper person YouTube channel. Uh, then you also have the R Nevada judges where that's where you put the, uh, you get a lot of, um, or you do a lot of uh, video streaming from court. 
then you do that live. Actually, don't you do that? You do that live, like on like Facebook, and then you'll edit it down and add all the stuff into, and you make it more interactive, and you like show who's speaking, and and if they say a term, you show what the term is and stuff like that, right? Yeah, it's it's on both Facebook and YouTube. I use Caster to stream to both channels simultaneously. Oh, okay. But so yeah, you, you got, you got okay. it right. And then the last one is the now our Nevada judges website. Just can you t- talk a little bit about what that is? Because I mean, I, I know we've talked about it before, but uh, I mean, people understand YouTube channels and they understand the streaming thing. But our Nevada judges, what you're doing with that is there's a lot more going on there. Can you explain that a little bit? I mean, it's just evolved. In the beginning, it was just a website that tracked how often judges make mistakes. It started out because my own judge uh, made so many mistakes and I couldn't believe that there was no way of tracking that. I thought, yeah, this doesn't make any sense with, after I won those appeals, I, I said I, to myself, I can't believe nobody tracks this. People just, I guess all these years have, have gone through court, their judges have made mistakes and everyone just said, oh, well, um, so, I mean, I was so flabbergasted by it. After I finally confirmed that there was no statistical tracking of any kind whatsoever, I went ahead and did it myself. I, it wasn't very hard to, to do that piece of it, to just compile the statistics on the judges. And then um, it started to evolve. I, in 2019 of July is when it started to kind of get really crazy. And that's when we started to actually record hearings. Um, And so now it's a a website that keeps track of judges' mistakes. It keeps track of articles on them. And then, of course, the the hearing videos. And then it it evolved one more time to include election coverage. And so that's what we have today is it's just more comprehensive. I mentioned, you know, earlier that it tracks every single judicial department. And it it does do that. It's just now it's more three-dimensional, I guess you could say. There's just a lot more to it than just tracking their reversals. And but I, I, so let me ask you this. So like, for instance, if I was in your area, I mean, how would a, how would a user, like how would a, a lay person like myself use this site? Like if I was to go in and go, oh my God, I got judge uh, so-and-so, I don't know. Like I have, I don't know if you can see on the screen what's on there. I mean, if I was to look for a particular judge, how would I do that? And then I'm assuming when I click on these, it's going to take me some more detail, correct? Yeah, just click on one of them. It'll take you to their judicial profile. All right, so I'll just pick if this you, guy. Mm-hmm. And then there's an overview, and you can see on the overview page that he has a candidate profile, which will have different um, information. You can see the pie chart to see how many times he makes a mistake versus how many times he gets it right. You can see the error rate over Holy time. Holy crap. So you can see if he's better or worse. Is, is 18, an 18% error rate seems a little high. Is that high or is that normal or what? I think that's probably slightly above average. There's error rates that are in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Now, when you say error um, rate, just to clarify, so that that means that they made a ruling, it was appealed, and they lost. their, And then the judge was overturned is what you're saying. Right. The Supreme Court of Nevada or the Court of Appeals overturned or vacated their decision. In some way, they had to intervene to correct a mistake. That's what an error is. It's good that you clarify that because some people think, oh, that must just be what the opinion of this person is. No, it's the opinion of the Supreme Court. So now (laughs) are you are you polling? I mean, I I don't I I never asked you this, but um, I mean, you're not sitting in there keying in the data yourself. I mean, you're somehow. No. 
key. You're, you're, I mean, so you're pulling the hard data out of the system, right? Yeah, I use a, I am a software engineer. If I was doing it manually, something would be horribly <laughs> wrong. And I would have never finished. That's like 45,000 cases. That yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. No. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to, to, to ask you about, I mean, you're doing something a little unique. Uh, well, let me just back up for a moment. I mean, Alex has been on the show before. I mean, so actually, I think you've been on maybe three times right now. I mean, we've done a couple of live streams together. We did a podcast. And uh, I mean, back in the back in the day when you first came on, you were you were talking. I mean, this was kind of before. Well, you were still in the, in the early days of uh, what you're I don't know, I'm pointing over at the other screen because I still have it up. But but uh, you're in the early days of it. But but fundamentally, I mean, you had gone through a, a nasty divorce and uh, ended up getting uh, full well full custody and then having your ex's parental rights erased because, if I remember correctly, she disappeared. Right? I mean, you won some some massive blows, so she just went away. Kind of is that, is that kind of what happened with that? If I remember correctly, yeah, she went away. She was she was in the tightest legal straitjacket that the court could have put her in. She was, she had lost all legal custody. She lost all physical custody. Her visitation was suspended. Um, she was banned from going to appointments. It, there wasn't, she, vert, she couldn't do anything. She had no involvement at all. And all of those disputes were, you know, we had to fight those out. So once she had lost everything, then she just, she yeah. And I just, I, I wanted to clarify that because sometimes people, I mean, cause you, we have a tendency sometimes to summarize stories and it's, and it's easy for people to take out of context that, you know, Hey, Alex had this toxic divorce and, you know, he battled her in court and erased her. Right. And people can be like, Holy sh I mean, they can look at that and go, Holy shit. You know, how the hell does that happen? But, but that was a long process. It took years. If I remember correctly, like what, eight years and, she just every opportunity she had to to start being better, she went double down the wrong way and just kept making more and more and more egregious mistakes. Uh, fundamentally, right? It's a you know the only thing that I would say is a mischaracterization is the word mistakes because there was nothing accidental about what she was doing. She was she. I often say that high conflict exes, they're addicts in, in this strange way is in the, what I'm trying to no, explain I, is. Yeah, no, I understand. To no, I get so what you're saying. She, I mean, she didn't make mistakes. She, she purposely her character came out because, is what you, you just basically let her demonstrate to everyone who she was. I, I guess that's, I mean, I you're mean, right. That's not necessarily a mistake. That's just, you can't stop yourself from doing the things you're doing effectively. Right. She, she wanted it to she wanted it to be that way she, i mean yeah. if she would have done the right thing the conflict would have ended and so that wasn't a viable option for her i mean this is all hindsight talking i realize yeah. now that she really she needed that conflict in some strange way and you know at any juncture she could have stopped but that would yeah, have, yeah. the conclusion of that would have been she would have been his parent that's not She's, there's no value in that. She didn't want that. That wasn't the point of any of it. The yeah. point of it was to fight. And so she had to do those things to make it so that the, the conflict would continue. That, that was the yeah. point of it. Well, and I, and I, right. And I, I wanted to hit this because I've had, it, it's like I said, it's easy for people to, to just 
take a quick glance. I mean, anybody who follows you, they, you know, they know the details, right? And then we're going to get into a minute and what you're currently working on and what you're putting on there, but which we'll actually answer if anyone has questions on that. But I just, I wanted to just ask you that or just kind of dive into it because I want people to understand what you just said, right? That there's, there's, you know, this isn't somebody who, who, you know, you tried to play her against herself. I mean, I, or, you know, to set her up, I guess what I'm saying, you know, I mean, it, but you're right that a, a toxic narcissistic type person thrives in conflict. They can't stop it. I mean, this is why in like in my situation, nine years later into it, I'm still dealing with the same stupid behavior that I was dealing with nine years ago. The only difference is, is I've in my own personal situation, I figured out how to deal with it. I figured out, you know, what buttons to push, what not to push, uh, and just stay with it. I mean, or just, uh, I don't know, survive from it or salvage the situation because the reality is they are, are going to always seek conflict, always try to, to take the path of most, most resistance because that's like you just said, it's a good way to put it. It's that's their drug. That's what supplies them. That's what gives them their high is that conflict. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's, 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 you explained it perfectly. I think, I don't know. I mean, people just don't understand it because ordinary people have the opposite effect. Ordinary people are losing sleep. They're anxious. It's costing them at their job. Yeah. It's so stressful. Um, and so they don't get it. And I think that's also why judges and attorneys don't get it. They just, it sounds unbelievable to them. And the high conflict is the exact opposite. If everything is calm and peaceful, they're not getting sleep. They're anxious. They're tossing and turning. They're having issues at work. When they're the exact opposite, when right. there is conflict and all this insanity is going on and you, and you don't know which way is up and down, they're like, ah, life is perfect. And I, it, everything makes sense. And they're so calm. And it's crazy. It's wonderful. That's why I mean, exactly. it, it's crazy. And it's, it's mind blowing because you would think that people would be trying to seek some level of peace and tranquility or, or it's like, you know, just minimize the drama, but well, that is peaceful to them. I, that I, is I, exactly. No, I mean, that's, that's why, that's why they do it. That's why whenever you're married with them and, and you're having a great day, they come and just go boop right in your eye. <laughs> And just and yeah. you're like, whoa, what just happened? Because they can't stand they can't stand the peace. Man, you're right. Absolutely. Well, that's it gets me into my the next thing. I wanna let me see if I can let me go back to your I'm gonna pull up your YouTube channel here. So you have been working on this series called My Docket, where you say I cover my personal journey through the family court system, uh, filing by filing, hearing by hearing, order by order. And I and anybody who's not familiar with this, it, you only see two parts but if uh, the last time i checked i think you're at one what are you 157 yeah 157 so and i got 158 nine and 60 uh, yeah you're up. not done what are you like a how halfway through going through everything I, th I think about half is probably right i think we're gonna get to probably to part 280 something before it's done and and but, um, so just for somebody who's who's just tuning in, and I mean, obviously people who follow you already know this, but but can you talk a little bit? I mean, I know I kind of the summary I just read is a pretty good example, but but I mean, what exactly is this project you're working on? And I mean, what is it? What are you doing with it? Well, the the point. So one of the 
<laughs> one of the challenges with the proper person is that people think I'm a genius. They just see the end and they think somehow I am this extraordinary unicorn. And that's nothing like that. I made a million mistakes in the beginning. Um, and when I was representing myself, my stuff looked like garbage, just like anyone else's would have. And so the point of the, my docket series is to show people that I started out like an ordinary average person at, at you know, 23, 24 years old, litigating the family court system, losing motions, getting denied left and right. People needed to see the story. It wasn't enough for people to see the end of the road because people couldn't relate to it. They just, they just thought, okay, well, that's great that you did that. How am I going to do that? So the point of the My Docket series was to show people that, you know, the regular old Alex with a GPA of 2.07 managed to, I mean, some people think I have like a 4.0 and I'm like this super smart. No, I just, I, honestly, there was a lot of luck. Um, half of it was luck and half of it was just didn't give up. And people just needed to see the hard work. It was just hard work hours and hours and hours and filings and hearings and never ending nonsense. And that's, that's the point of it to show people that you're wrong. It's, it's doable. It's just takes so much work. You do have to have some intellect, of course, but it, you don't have to be a genius. And so that's the, my docket series in a nutshell. And so they can follow me on the journey, the, the crazy never ending journey against an attorney for the most part by myself. There were some occasions where that wasn't the case, but I would, I always tell people about 95% of the time I had no lawyer and about 95% of the time she did. Um, and so anyway, that's, that's it for you. That's the, my docket series. It's to, so people can relate and see that you can do this too. No, that's, um, uh, that's great, man. I mean, I, I've only had gone, had an opportunity to watch a couple of them. I, I think I was watching one where you were being cross-examined by your ex, which was, <laughs> which was just surreal. You know, just, just watching that and yeah. being able to, to see her, see, you know, see you basically being grilled. Well, as best as a, a lay person can, I mean, in a meeting your ex, um, it was surreal. I mean, so I, it's, it's an interest. I, I like what you're doing with it. Right. I mean, cause you're right. Most people start this, they're completely overwhelmed. It's easy to, it's easy to look at somebody like you. Well, hell it's even, it's easy to look at someone like you and even myself and say, Oh, well they, they made it. They're special. They somehow have something I don't have. So yeah, they can do it, but I can't. Right. I mean, so to, to put that out there, to have someone who can see it. And I, I've seen on the one I did watch, I mean, you will actually every once in a while break in and kind of explain things. So you'll, a segment mm -hmm. will be going on and then you'll say, well, this is what's going on here. This is what the question is trying to ask. This is what they're leading to. This was what my thought process was. I mean, so you get to see, I mean, you get to see the kind of like the replay, but you also get the analysis of what you were going through at the time. I mean, it's really fascinating. How has been the response on that? I mean, how, how are people responding to that? It's overwhelmingly positive. It didn't really get that. So I had a kind of diehard group in the beginning that were, you know, they followed me the whole way through, but it didn't really start to ignite until the modification of custody hearing which was quite recently. At that point in time now, there's just swarms of people that are going back to part zero and watching all the way through. So it, it's been, you know, very positive. People wanted to see that. Um, that was, I mean, like, it's surreal is probably the perfect word to come up with and describe that, that hearing. You know, I, I didn't even 
remember it as well. It's funny how when I go through this, there are things that jump out at me as, oh, I didn't think about that at the time. And now I have that sort of hindsight and the experience that I didn't have then. And right. it kind of, I can take advantage of that. But um, I, I was so surprised when I started out, I was so analytical and matter of fact. And then I started to get to the crazy parts and I could just feel myself getting triggered. I just started to get so angry at the legal system. Um, it was just, it, it's, it was a transformation even for me to go back and go through those videos. Yeah, I was going to, that's what it's fun. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that was going to be my next question is, is, you know, most of the time we get distance from these things and we don't really, I mean, unless, unless you run across an old court order or, or, I mean, like the other day I was going through some old, through some old paperwork and I found some old emails and, you know, kind of like a, it kind of like ties you back. I couldn't even imagine going through watching the court. I mean, going through everything and basically going through from, you know, day one, I mean, you're not even all the way through it yet. I mean, so that was going to be my question is like, how triggering was that for you? I mean, is it, was it just kind of annoying or was it, did it bring it back? I mean, have you completely healed from all this or are there still lingering wounds, so to speak, from all this experience? So the only thing that really triggered me was when I got to the dental part, you know, it was mainly yeah. annoying in the beginning because in the beginning, there were also a few occasions where the legal system helped me. They, I didn't know what I was doing and the legal system helped me in the beginning. So, I mean, it was just kind of annoying that they wouldn't have just taken care of the problem the whole, you know, straight away. There were some odd things that were very, I'm very suspicious of now looking yeah. back. I'm like, this oh. is, this is very shady. Why did you do that? But then I yeah. got to the dental neglect and I remembered the pain he was in. And, you know, one of the new things that I've started to tell people is at some point in time, it does become the government's fault. Yeah. At some point in time, they have the information that they need to make the correct decision to help that child and they don't do it. And once that point in time comes, it's their fault. And I was surprised that I came to that conclusion. But the thing that I realized is, is my, my ex is sick. She yeah. doesn't know, she doesn't know what she's doing, but the government knows better. The judge knows better. Judge, District judges, Chuck Weller and Bridget Robb, they know better. And at yeah. some point in time, it's their fault. And that was probably the most triggering conclusion that I reached. And that that happened when the dental, um, the dental damage started to come up. Well, and that's, I was, that's, I mean, it makes sense because everything else was kind of an annoyance to you, but the dental issue was, so I mean, obvious. physical problems that required corrective, you know, surgery or dental so procedures obvious, so obvious, to your yeah. son. I mean, so it's actually physically hurting your child and you're doing everything to beat your head against the wall to be able to protect, to protect him. And the system isn't helping. I mean, it, I mean, they're, no, they're not, not helping. Just not helping. They're not just not helping. They're facilitating. In my opinion, they're, they're facilitating, facilitating abuse and neglect. Yeah. They're actually facilitating because they're actually getting in my way. Right. So, I mean, it would be better if they just didn't give a crap. But they, the system was almost, in many ways, they were like my ex. My, the, the, the system was actively taking steps to intervene and prevent the protection of the child. I mean, if they would have just taken their hands off the wheel, I would have gotten a lot better. You know, I would have been able to help him a lot more. And so that was what really started to trigger me. And um, you could see my, my personality changes. 
Yeah. You know, there were some, t- there were a few occasions where I thought I should edit this or I should take this out, but I thought, you know, they need to see me go through this emotional journey. Right. So, you know, uh, this is real. So, uh, I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. I just can't understand. I mean, the, I used to say it's just a business and it's all on purpose, but now I just think, I just think they're incompetent. And I've been using <laughs> that word since the be. That word is a word I threw around the whole time, but it, it becomes so clear in the My Docket series, just how the the system, they make us feel like they have everything under control. And this yeah. is all how it's supposed to be. And they give you this aura of confidence. And when you really get, you know, when you become knowledgeable and you figure it all out, you realize these screw-ups don't know how to do their jobs. They're just... They're incompetent. That's that's it's that sad well, that, that we as a society have allowed the bench to become populated well, I, by these these they don't know what they're doing. Well, and I don't think I don't think the system was really ever intended to deal with like this family court issue, right? I mean, you know, you're dragging people in the middle of it, and and, and they have control, right? I mean, effectively, as soon as you get into a situation where two people can't agree on the best course of action for a child that they get to make they're the arbiters and you can't, uh, you know, I mean, and God forbid you go against them because you, uh, will probably end up in jail or something. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a screwed up system. It's not right. So, Hey, do you want to try something a little different and try to take a call, a couple of callers and see how that goes? Sure. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go to the first one, and it just says judicial discussion, and it's from area code 678. So let me hit the right button here. Hello, and welcome to the show. Hey, Dwayne. Hey, what's your question for Alex? Hey, Dwayne. Tech more. So I've been watching you guys for a long time. Alex is probably going to laugh at this. Um, But just it's judicial discretion. And Alex, I saw a video of his just recently. Judges should just, so it isn't family court. Judges should just do their job. He said that over and over and over again. So my <laughs> question to him, and it's kind of a loaded question. Yeah, no, and we're all three tech guys. I know Dwayne dabbles in tech. I've been in tech forever. So, and I own a tech business. So, you know, as, as all, as that's why I love you guys, you two. Um, we find solutions to problems. We wouldn't have broken code and broken systems. We'd lose clients or we get fired, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. right? right? So it, with family court, it's been mind-numbing to me, right? So, um, yeah, I've got the 50-50, had to fight. But I, I personally think a lot of these judges do know what's going on. And they're like billable hours, billable hours. And they don't hold one party accountable. That's nuts. That's certified nuts, you know, do- documented. So my thing that, so um, and then it's somewhat loaded. So then you got, you know, I keep bringing up Mark Ludwig and AFESP. He's trying to get Title IV-D. And you got all these people doing stuff in the in the legislative department. I don't have time for that. And then you guys don't have time for that. So, and, and I know Alex is doing our Nevada judges. So where does he see, you know, in our lifetime, will judicial discretion be something of the past? Because it's just kind of a misnomer. It's just, you know, you roll in there, you know, the rebuttable 50-50 thing is great to have, I think. However, I think the Bar Association and judicial discretion itself, they don't want that. They want the high conflict and to work, right? And to justify their job and like, oh, yeah, he, he or she's nuts, but let's just kick the can down the road and have, you know, eight years of hearings like what Alex went through. So anyway, that's my that's my question. <laughs> All right. Thank, thanks for so. calling on that one. So what yeah. do you think, Alex? Well, I think that a, there's 
some attorneys do like the litigation, but other, different attorneys have different business models. And I think most of the business models work around um, settlement mediation. They just turn and burn cases. Um, so not necessarily all of them want, um, you know, it, the unpredictability of it is definitely helpful for the industry. And that the discretion does cause that. There are all sorts of discretionary windows in the law, and that makes it very difficult to predict what's going to happen in a case, which means that the lawyers are more relevant. They can also leverage their relationships with the judges and their sort of status as an attorney when there is a discretionary window, because that's where you're going to see the bias and the incompetence bleed through. So I guess you're... The solution to the problem is the end of discretion, or at least the minimization of it, of course. Yeah. Um, I've explained before that there are many, many areas of the law where there's almost no discretion, and that's where there's money. So if you look at where you know financial sectors are involved, banking, anything, real estate, you're going to see strict statutory law that controls the judiciary. We are the schmucks that have accepted this idea that as parents, we need our judges to be able to do whatever they need to for the best interest of the children. Well, that sounds good on paper. Right, what that right. equates to is you going into court and having completely no control at all over what's going to happen to you and your children. So, what, you know, the, if, if he was looking for a solution to the problem, yes, it is minimization of discretion. And yeah. that would come from statutory, you know, reform. reform. Yeah, I just want to add into it. I, I, I also don't think a lot of people believe or understand that, you know, high conflict disordered people really exist. And I, it just seems like the whole system is based, okay, two warring parties are going to come in. Let's fan the flames to get as much money as possible because at some point, two normal people are going to realize this is a waste of time and money and resources and they're going to settle. So let's, let's do as much as we can, scrape off as, you know, just grab the cash, you know, shovel it in as much as possible but then when you're dealing with somebody who thrives in conflict, like, like your ex and, well, and my ex, it, it, and if they like the litigation part of it, they won't ever stop. I mean, your ex, if you hadn't been able to, to, to do your process, your ex would probably still be here trying to make your life and your son's yeah. life and your new wife's life a living hell just for entertainment, right? Not probably. It's for sure. Yeah. It's 100% for sure. There's no chance this would have ever, ever happened. You, you just, that was who she was. For her to run off and disappear, I don't think she ever thought she would have to do that in her own mind. I mean, even her own family can't find her. This is not normal. Yeah. So yeah, if I didn't do what I did, this would have never happened. Zero percent chance. And I just so, want to to jump in there. That That's why I say, tell people, you know, when when you start out, that's your time to, to swing for the fences and get everything you possibly can. Because these people, they don't calm down. They don't back off. They don't wake up one day and say, hey, well, I'll just use me as an example, right? I mean, I'm nine years, I think nine years, maybe, you know, nine years separate, you know, eight, nine and a half years separated, maybe eight years, you know, a little over eight and a half, eight years divorced there's never been a time where the ex is like, Hey, you know what? This is ridiculous. We've been doing this stupid dance for 12. Well, I don't know what, how many years it is now. What is it? 12 years, maybe a little over 12 or no, nine years. I'm trying to think, no, it'll be 12 years when it's done. You know, we have been doing this for nine years. Let's just stop. You know, let's just, you know, this is stupid. Let's co-parent. Let's uh, you know, let's, let's just 
let's just try to, to get things back on track. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen. I mean, I'm still being undermined. I'm still being, you know, every, every opportunity the ex can use to try to drive a wedge with me and the kids is done. I mean, it's like, I, it's the only other time is if she's distracted playing Pokemon go or something else is, is, is a shiny object at the moment. There's a chance she might not take the opportunity to jab me in the eye or, or try to do something like that. But that's because there's something else that's distracting her at the time. You know, 99% of the time I can count on her being as difficult as possible. So anyways, I digress. I guess that was a statement. Now there's another caller. I'm going to go to this one and it says, I wanted to ask about malicious prosecution, substitute judges, and how Alex is and the kids are doing. This is area code 484. So, hey, welcome to the show. Hey, Dwayne. Uh, it's Johnny in Connecticut. Hey, Johnny in Connecticut. How are you doing? What's your, what, so what was your question you wanted to ask Alex? Uh, well, uh, uh, you, you know my story. Uh, I was uh, I was accused last May uh, by my wife of molesting my five-year-old son. I didn't get to see the kids for 70 days. And then four weeks later, I got them back. Uh, she accused me of molesting my three-year-old daughter. After three weeks, I got the, the kids back, and uh, we're getting to the part of the divorce that's been going on for over two years now. And uh, she's supposed to have her financial production done for her small business. And um, I've just become really worried, especially after talking to a longtime friend who hasn't called me back in a year because his wife is best friends with my ex. And I asked him if... Uh, if he'd heard of anything concerning about me and he said, yeah, yeah, I've known about the, the allegations. So now I know that she's telling people and, uh, I just, uh, I, I'd like to be proactive instead of following my lawyer's advice and just like play dead. But, uh, I don't know. Uh, is there any way to stop this near, uh, through, through legal means? So let me just jump in because I guess another thing that yeah, I yeah. no yeah. go ahead go ahead and finish. Oh, okay, uh, another thing that I found out is uh, during both investigations, uh, my wife had a uh, a sleepover boyfriend who was also a quote unquote daddy, which was the specific language in the both allegations, and uh, I, I, I called the DTF, the like Children Protective Services uh, investigator, who's totally on my side. I said, did mention that she had a boyfriend? Be careful using names, so man. Over and she said, no. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, uh, and uh, the the investigator said, no, she did not. But that is very interesting. Uh, so I'll I'll fill in. I'll go know. I'll go ahead I, and I, fill in fill in a little bit of the details because yeah. I know you Probably. and I have talked more. But hey, thanks for the call. And then I'll be just. Yeah. Let me, let me just do this. So it, let me, to add some more into this. So what, what happened is going through divorce, you know, finally get to the, uh, to the financial part of it. And out of the blue, he's accused of, uh, molesting, I think his five-year-old son. So that goes to, uh, you know, mandatory report, uh, GC or child protective services is involved. They investigate, they say it's unsubstantiated. And uh, when it's going to that, then the ex is like, oh, I forgot to mention this part. So they reopen the case. This time they involve law enforcement, have a detective investigate. So now you have, you know, protective services and law enforcement looking at it. They all look at it. They investigate it and say there's nothing here. 
and you know custody needs to go back right so it's like all right this is stupid this is done we're going back to the to the court or to the uh, normal visitation then what she does is she goes oh wait a minute now there's uh, now our 3 year old daughter is saying things that daddy molested her and touched her inappropriately started the process again they now at this point child protective services is getting pissed the law enforcement is getting pissed the judge is getting pissed they they do their thing they do their due diligence and then again say okay this is done go back to normal visitation so he actually ha- he has visitation right now right i mean so he's back to standard visitation the what he's getting at with it is he's his ex is going around telling people that he's a child molester and now he's just recently realized that these allegations came out whenever she has a guy that's basically staying in that. The implication is, is maybe the kids are saying something happened and it was actually the boyfriend. So the, his, his question is really, is what can he do to get her to stop talking about him? If you have any advice on that and then any yeah. other, any, yeah. So what were she you going to say? Stop. You, you, the solution is not, she's not going to change. People don't understand that people get so used to their situation that they just think, oh, well, I just have to put up with it. That's not a normal situation. One of two things is occurring. I call this the nuclear option. I have a video on the topic. Whenever there's somebody accused of molestation, one of two things is occurring. The person is molesting the child and his parental rights should be terminated because I don't see any world where a child molester has custody or any rights at all over his children. Or the mother is lying and that lie is so disgustingly horrible that her parental rights should be terminated because it's psychologically torturing the child. But the court won't do that. The court goes through this kind of, uh, well, maybe she doesn't know what's going on, sort of, uh, let's keep custody somewhere in the middle. Let's take dad's rights away for a short while, do investigation, then give them back. Right. All she's doing, all the judge is doing is jerking the children around. You're like metaphorically grabbing the child and just jerking them back and forth. That's what the court's doing with their inaction. I really wish there was a statute here that said once somebody levels allegations of child molestation, the court needs to find out if it's true. And if it's not, cut the mom off. That's it. Yeah. That's the pro- how you stop them. The problem but is, they won't do it. well, uh, but, but the thing is, is it's, it's easy to, um, I think it's easy to, to say, well, what, this is what I'm thinking. The kid says something out of context. You go, Oh my God. You know, this, this thing has happened. You know, I must as, uh, because I'm worried about my child, I, I have to, you know what I mean? That's the, seems the way it seems to be, that's the way maybe, they get out of it. They, they turn around, they go, maybe, well, yeah, maybe one time, maybe the first time. Oh no, I, I, I think, maybe. well, let me ask but you the this. second time. Well, let me, the third time. Yeah. The fourth time. Okay. And here's the other thing is even if you're going to choose the middle of the road option, right. You at least have to take and give the dad makeup time. You at least have to disincentivize yeah. the mom from doing that because if you don't create a disincentive, they'll keep doing it. They're sick people. So at the very least, if as the judge, you're gonna say, all right, let's just say she was trying to be you know, there for her child and she didn't know, she can't prove it. Then at least you have to tally up the time that the dad lost and give the dad all that makeup time. And in fact, that's a good cue to see if the mother's a liar. Because a normal mother would say, you know, I feel really bad. I was wrong. Let's let dad have two months of uh, visit. What did he lose? 70 days? Let's give dad 70 days in a row. Yeah. If she doesn't want to do that, if a mom says, your honor, I don't think dad should get 70 days back that he just lost. That's a big fat red flag that she's a liar. Yeah. And that, that, that should make the court go, hold on a second. This mother just took 70 days of time from this father and she doesn't feel guilty about it. This is the point. 
The point of this was to deprive the dad of time, but the courts won't do any of that stuff. And so, and then they get, they get upset. Why are you guys mad? Why are, why are you guys all mad about this? It's your fault yeah. that it's happening. Yeah. I, I see so many cases where the judge is like, sorry, I'm so frustrated with the two of you. You're frustrating yourself because you won't do your damn job. Well, you're it's the reason why it does, the, the, you're the reason why it doesn't end, Your Honor. This is all yeah. you. Well, I think what they're expecting is is that at some point, well, because at some point a normal person is going to say this is stupid and stop. Well, they're not normal. I know. The I know. I mean, expecting people to be normal. Yeah. What? I mean, this just goes back to incompetence. Right. What are you thinking? Like it's like you're you're wearing those black robes and you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Get off the bench. I could get my neighbor to do that. You're just going <laughs> to sit up there and just talk. You're not even going to use statues. Oh, okay. Just go get a random guy off the street and put him up. Why are you, what are you doing up there? Anyone can do that random stuff and just, you know, speak just regular generic. Lay. If you're not going to use the law, then get off the bench. This is, they, they create, they're just, their inaction, their indecision is the source of all of this nonsense. This is not that hard to figure out, even the middle of the road option, where you say, fine, we don't know what's going on here. Mom is being protective. How much time did you lose that? 70 days. All right, you get the next 70 days in a row. Then see what the mom says. If the mom gets upset, it, she's, she's there's something wrong. Well, no, I, I like, I mean, because I, when you were first saying that, I was thinking, okay, well, they, I, could, I could see not someone saying, well, you know, that's, that's messed up because then it's going to basically do the same thing to the kids that happened. But, but I see what you're saying. Make it more of a penalty. It's like, okay, you played this game. You know, you tried to make this false allegation. You, you know, you, you did the nuclear option and it failed and there is a consequence. And that's the problem is, is that typically there's not a consequence, right? It's like someone does this and it's like, oh, oopsie, you know, Oh, wow. Oh, Let's I was just, again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's get another 70 days. That'll be fun. Let's do it again. Get another 70 days. Yeah. That's going to happen. I mean, why not? Uh, that's not messed up at all. The kids didn't see their father for 70 days. Yeah. It's not messed up to give the kids their father for 70 days. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. It I, yeah. It's not messed up. It's called normal. That's it's the kids need to see Alex. Their parents that's just, just crazy talk, out. man. What the hell are you saying? <laughs> I don't know why people put up with it. Seriously, well, you don't have any. Cho- I mean, but you don't have any choice. Yeah, you do. If everybody knew, put a couple well, of cameras in the courtroom, let everybody see what's going on, and then they can just fire all the judges. Well, I'm me, telling you, within one yeah. election, it would stop. If yeah, yeah. No, you're election, right. If you had one election where oh. 56 family division judges got fired in California, yeah, the problem would instantly stop. Well, we were, it doesn't happen because nobody knows. Well, we were talking about that yesterday, right? I mean, so we just went through an election, and Whenever I looked at when I looked at my ballot and it had the judge, I had no f- idea who these people were, you know. And there was no easy. There was no. I mean, as far as I know, there wasn't an Arca- a California judges that listed my judge. Maybe there is. I don't know. But but I mean, there was no place for me to go to to look at these people and see what their error rate is or or uh, see how they normally rule or if there's problems or if they're good. I don't know. All I see is a name on, on the ballot. That means absolutely nothing to me with maybe I saw a sign that says reelect judge Smith, you know, and what does that do for anybody? Nothing. So, Hey, you want to do it? If people knew, yeah, go ahead. Do another question. All right. Let's see here. Um, this one just says legal. So I'm not sure what it is, but it's area code four, seven, zero. So hello and welcome to the show. Hey, Dwayne and Alex, this is uh, iTumblr. How are y'all doing? 
Hey, I tumblers, how you doing, man? So, what's your question for us or for Alex specifically? <laughs> hey, well, first of all, um, I admire what Alex is doing. I'm a I'm a subscriber to his channel, and now a new one to his uh, other channel that he just spoke about. Um, but anyways, I was going to ask Alex, how did you emotionally deal with this? Um, from the very beginning, like, how did you, I mean, it must be pretty hard to be pro se, obviously. And I had to do that myself. And, um, it's, it's, it's the toughest thing when you're trying to figure out a whole legal battle and, you know, you're, you're alienated from your kid and all this other stuff. So that's my first question. My second question is, um, I guess, how would you deal with the ex that kind of, I don't know if it's kind of a vague question, but how would you deal with the ex that would help your case outside of like, legal so maybe just communication with her or just like getting ahead of her or just thinking strategically on how to deal with the ex is there anything that you're is that is there anything that you kind of took away that really helped you uh, kind of get you over the finish line um so that was my two questions that was it all right thanks man thanks for calling yeah so i mean outside of court the gray rock technique is wonderful that's what i would use to communicate her and um that's probably, that's it. I mean, out of court, there isn't a whole lot you can do. I saw a comment from one of your viewers that said the courts um, aren't needed, which is a ridiculous idea because <laughs> my ex would have just said, you never get to see him again. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> so yeah, um, the court is the solution. I'm sorry, but it is. I have a video that's called Control, and that's all they understand. They, you have to speak their language. People don't want to do it because it's scary and it's uncomfortable, but that's the language they understand. They respond to the use of force yeah. and they will respond to the use of force only. And if you don't use force, you'll get nowhere. So if you want to, to get somewhere outside of court without court, you're basically talking about walking away. That's yeah. it. Just saying, this is how I'm going to solve the problem. I'm just going to abandon my kids. That's the only solution. Yeah. Um, gray rock is great. Communication is important. Communication, not in the sense of, of um, <laughs> how to work things out with them because they're never going to work anything out. Communication in the sense of how do I build a presentation for the court? Right. The whole the whole case re revolves around using force. That's how that's how I protected my child. Court orders, threats well, that of jail. And termination of parental rights. Go ahead. Yeah, no, let me just jump in there because there, there, there's one caveat on that that maybe I guess I would say I don't agree with you on is that if if you go to court and you're not able to win, it will empower your ex and makes things worse. So you got to be strategic that you have a pathway to. And we were talking about this actually yesterday when we were preparing for the show. You have to have a you you have to have a strong confidence that you're gonna you have a winning position. Right. I mean, you lost a lot of stuff in the beginning, but but if you would have continually lost and it kept giving her more and more power, it would have escalated things to make it worse and worse. Well, the, it, I, there is irony in what you say. Yes. A lot of the victories that I had were because of the defeats I had in court. So I've explained this on my channel yeah. before. If the judges cracked down on her very early on, she likely would still have custody. But she, they didn't do that. So my ex was winning those early hearings. And you're right, she got worse. But it's the, when she got worse, the conduct that came from her becoming emboldened was what ultimately caused her to lose everything. So 
uh, you know, after I lost something, she would get in, she would get even worse because she'd be like, ha ha, you lost, I'm going to get worse now. And then I would take those things that she did and take her back to court. And then those things were so alarming to the judge that then I won. So, I mean, in the okay. end, they're going to, if you, if you do things in court and you lose and your ex gets more crazy, use those. And then I just kept going back to court over and over again until the, the, the judge got it through their thick skull that they needed to step in. And I hate to use that language, but I mean, you get to the point where it's like, guys, you said this wasn't enough. Now she's doing this. Is this enough? Okay, well, how, I'm coming back again next month. Is this enough? I'm, you know, I mean, eventually they did something. Well, it let just, me let me just really just bad. so just to, to jump to jump in there for a second. And the, and the reason that that was possible for you to do is because you were pro se, you were representing yourself because, oh yeah, it, you know, I mean, and that's, so, I mean, I think that's, I, I think you have to look at it as it's a prolonged fight. And if you're willing to have the perseverance or the capability to have the perseverance to go through it, you have it, they're going to, they'll implode on themselves. Like for me, I did now one, I, I didn't, I emotionally wasn't ready or able I don't believe to be able to do that and be that disconnected and not get triggered to represent myself. I just couldn't. Uh, but at the same time, I also had a limited amount of funds. So I basically, I mean, I had my wad of cash and it just, once it was done, it was basically done. Right. I mean, and fortunately in my situation, the ex also, you know, I got enough of a victory that things didn't go well for her not as crushing as you, but enough to where she didn't want to go back to court. So she wasn't running to court to try to do everything and was reluctant to do that. I mean, but, um, I hear what you're saying, right? I mean, and I, and I'm glad you, you mentioned that because people could, it, it's so easy to go, Oh my God, this situation's never going to end. I, my only option is for my sanity. I mean, I can stay and fight for my kids and drive myself insane and hope that I don't, you know, implode in the next 10 to 15 years, depending on, you know, or 18 years, depending on how old your kids are, uh, or walk away. I mean, I understand why some people do. So no, I'm glad you mentioned that because you really didn't know you were going to win when you started. You were just like, Hey, this is messed up. I'm not going to walk away from my kid. And you said, okay, I can't afford an attorney. I can't, you know, I don't have hundreds of, th I think when we talked before, you said it would have cost you over $200,000 in attorney fees to do what you did. If you would have had an attorney, you couldn't have done it. You don't have that kind of money. So you had the only option was for you to basically give yourself a crash course in uh, becoming an, you know, well, not an attorney, but yeah. I mean, but learning the process, right? Yeah, it's true. And the, the family division and the family bench bar has a sort of trail that they, they don't, they don't think outside the box. They're all kind of, it's a conveyor belt to them. So once you need out of the box solutions, it's going to be very difficult to get an attorney to do that for you. But I mean, yes, you're right. You can't, I mean, if you have an attorney, of course you can't do what I did. You're not going to have $2 million lying around to pay them. Unless you so have it, you're right. You're just going to be locked out. And the sad part is, yeah. is if you're in that. I saw, I'll, yeah, go ahead. No, if you have, if you saw something you want to hit, what is it? Well, there was a, there was a comment somebody mentioned about how the Nordic countries don't have the family courts. I get a lot of emails from uh, fathers just see for the, this individual. I get a lot of emails from fathers there, and they don't they don't ever see their kids. Their ex just won't let them see them, and there's no court system. They just they just say no. That's it. Sometimes they make them go in and talk to these therapy people. 
I guess that's what they use instead of the court system. They yeah. use like a therapy or media. And the the mom will they'll say, oh yeah, I'll let them see him next week, and then they just don't. So there's no enforcement. They literally just never see their kids because the mom says so. Oh. So that system doesn't work. Um, if my ex had that system, you would. I just would never. I'd never see him. She just yeah. would say no. That's it. What, what are you going to do about it? The the mess. The what are you going to do about it? Quote you know in quotation marks. That's that's their whole. That's that's what they think. So. Well, but I mean, think of, you know, I mean, the reality is she she made your life a living hell for eight years. You had to go through this entire process, you know, that you're documenting on your YouTube channel that, uh, I mean, at any point, most people will, will back off or like in my situation, you, you find they're normal. Well, I mean, I found, you know, I, I found the best crappy solution that I could, that was the least crappy to me. And and I just kind of manage that, right? I mean, I, I mean, part of part of the issue for me is that, you know, I'm in this North Korea, South Korea type mode where there's a stalemate that you know nuclear destruction or you know war is imminent at any moment, and you just mm-hmm. you know you manage it every once in a while, and you know every once in a while she does like North South or North Korea does and blows something up, and you just decide, okay, is it worth it? Is that particular incident worth it enough to go to war? for. And for me, I don't have the resources. I don't have the money. Uh, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable going to, you know, court by myself. And to be perfectly honest, I don't have, um, nothing really has happened so egregious that I could really pinpoint and say, this is a problem that needs to change custody or, you know, something like that. I mean, it's, it's coverts are really tough because they play in that, in that gray area and they're able to kind of, like we were talking about earlier with the other caller, it's like, well, there's always an excuse that kind of makes sense. So it just yeah, creates a explanation. That's yeah. why I call it that. Yeah. If you, um, so I think that if I would not have fought my ex on some of the small things that, um, a lot of the bigger things would not have been provable, but early on, like little things, she wouldn't let me go to doctor's appointment, dentist appointments. And I didn't let her get away with that. I filed motions. And, um, that is what led to, like I was saying, she wanted to find something that she could screw me out of or deprive me of. And so since I wouldn't let her do that, she would try to find new things, different things. And the, each time it got worse and worse and worse and more egregious and more egregious, but yeah, you're right. I mean, if if my ex had a better case, she would have sounded more reasonable. If she would have, you know, gotten me to react in some way or triggered me in some way, I mean, the, she would have looked like a reasonable mother in court because she would have used that evidence. But it's very difficult because, like you said, you had an attorney. And so you can't fight all those little tiny things. You have to pick your battles. Yeah. You just have to let a lot of stuff slide. You're not going to pay $25,000 to get the right to go to doctor's appointments. You're just yeah. not going to do that. And, um, yeah, I, I, I I mean, I had at one point whenever, uh, the government shutdown was happening way back when, and I was trying to, uh, get her to agree to a lower child support because I couldn't, I just, my pay was going to go down for temporary. I was talking to my attorney. He's like, Hey, we can go to battle for this. It's going to cost you five to $6,000. You're probably going to get ordered to pay her attorney. So that's going to be another five or $6,000. And there's a 50, 50 chance that you'll lose, um, you know, it, they basically said, well, I don't think you're going to have to pay more, but you probably, you know, you got a 50, 50 chance of, of having this done. And it's not, it's really not worth, I mean, luckily, thank God my attorney was not like, Hey, sure. Sign here, you know, give me your credit card. Let's go to war. I mean, they at least were nice enough to say, I don't think this is a good idea. If you want to do it, we'll do it, but I don't think it's a good idea. 
So, but that's, yeah. that's the problem with an attorney, right? I mean, if I was just representing myself, I could have just went in and I wouldn't have lost any money. It would have been time. I think we have, we might have time for one other caller. So I'm going to bring this last person on. And if you can just ask your question real quick, and then we'll try to answer it in the last couple of minutes. So 760 area code. And if I hit the right button, come on, why is it not working? Let's see here. Oh, there it goes. Maybe it's doing it. There we go. Hey, welcome to the show. Do you hear us? Hey, yes. Hi, guys. It's all well. I just really quickly wanted to ask, when a, when a father or a parent um, evades the state, moves far away without notifying custodial parent, simply to uh, avoid child support, like they totally quit their jobs and all this stuff, and and then they ask about doing the visits. What are some avenues that the custodial parent can do in those situations when the ex is basically trolling them and laughing in their face because they're getting away with all this? My ex did that for years. So, I mean, just seize her assets, seize his ass. What I did. That's that's what that's what you have to do. You can't deprive. They want you to deny. My ex. <laughs> wanted me to deprive her of custody. That's why she didn't pay child support. She had the money. She was hoping that I would say, you can't see the kids. That's what she was praying for. And I would be like, no, come on, come see him next week. Come see him yeah. whatever. And while, while you're going to see him, by the way, I'm filing a couple of writs of execution. One's going to your bank. One's going to your employer. And she ducked and dodged and ducked and dodged. They took it out. Eventually I seized all the money. Eventually you'll seize it if, if you stay on it. You just don't don't give up. Just keep trying. It took a few years, but it was all. I mean, I never once deprived her of any uh, child support. I just told her every few months, "Hey, you owe, you owe this much in child support," and I would keep the discussion separate from a visitation, and let her see the kid, you know, when she needed to, and take the money out of her account when I could. So and let me just end, uh, let me jump off. in there because for the most part in the United mm -hmm. States, child support and visitation are two different things. So if someone's court ordered visitation and they're not paying child support, you can't legally deny them. I mean, if the court order says you get 50-50 or, or you get every other weekend, but you haven't paid a dime, that's a totally, they're, they're kind of two separate issues. You can't say, well, okay, when you pay up, you can see your kid. You can't do that, right? And that's what you said, yeah. you, you know, that's what your ex was trying to get you to do, right? That's she what was, she wanted. That's, right. she, this is, I know my ex. That's what she was hoping would happen. Well, and let she me just that I would yeah. say you can't see you know you can't see him till you pay. Well, and and then let she me, would go to court and say, yeah. Oh, poor me, I don't get to see my kids yeah. contempt. Right. That's exactly what she wanted. And let me just And then uh, a lot me, of uh, people go ahead. No, I was just, let me just throw in there. The the other part of it is is what you do is if you have a child support order, call child support services. Department of Child Support Services, show them the order, ask them to enforce it, and they will make his life a living fucking hell. I mean, it's like, it, it's, it, I don't understand why people don't do that a, a lot of times and we're almost out of time. So, but I gotta make this quick, but, but you know, I mean, my ex did that to me just to try to retaliate. And those people have made my life a, li a living hell when I was, you know, because I get paid every two weeks, I don't get paid, you know, yeah. once a month. So the order says once a month, the, the balance is this. So, you know, it's like 26 pay periods over the course of a year. So some were low, some were high. When the, whenever she did that and they started doing the enforcement, as soon as I dropped below those motherfuckers, and I'll just say it that way, tried to suspend my license, seize my retirement account for 250 yeah. bucks. You know, I mean, it's about a guy who ran off though. So your, your situation, you're no, but I mean, work. but still you put it in the system. They're going to follow this guy around. And the second his social security number pops up, they're going to. Beep, 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 and find him. I mean, the only way he would get away from it is he would have to never get a job 
that's being paid with a W-2 are a real, a real thing and pay taxes. You know, and the other thing that I would disagree with you on is child support services. I mean, it's good to put that in the system and have them go after her, but it's also good to also file things into the case. I've seen a lot of success, not just with me, but with some of my viewers, where child support enforcement has a case and they're going after somebody, and then they file in the case too. And I've done that before. Yeah. So they were going after my ex. She had moved all over the place and they couldn't find her. And so I just started filing things. I filed a motion to have her jailed. And I remember the hearing master starting the hearing and he was mad at the DA. He was like, so why is Mr. Falcone filing? Why aren't you guys taking care of this? And they were so embarrassed. Um, and I've seen the same success with some of my viewers where um, the hearing master will be like, what's going on here? Why is the mother filing stuff? Are you guys, you know, what do you want? Do your job. Yeah. I don't want to see mom have to file stuff, file motion for order to show cause embarrass the government the yeah. government responds really well to shame and embarrassment i found this out so do the job for them make them look like they're incompetent yeah. you'll get somewhere usually you will just make sure you're doing the job correctly too make sure you do your research on how it works yeah it really does work guys i mean they respond to you're not going to get gandalf the gray who you know working on you you're not going to get that kind of wisdom you're going to get That's people funny. who just kind of don't know what they're doing don't care and so yeah. often you have to do their job for them and sometimes when they become embarrassed about it or shamed, then they'll start doing it all of a sudden because they don't want to look like, you know, like that. So I guess, I mean, if you're out of time, go ahead, but I can do another five or 10 minutes if you want. Yeah. I wanted to add, yeah, I know we're, we're running out of time. Um, yeah. So if you got a few more minutes, we can, we can continue a little bit more. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it, we are so thrust in these situations that we never wanted to be in. I mean, it, it it's, it's just constant drama, constant stress, constant just BS that uh, just drives you drives you insane. I mean, just to to, to dovetail with um, that last caller, unless I'm unless I got him confused with someone else, so maybe I'm wrong. But if I remember correctly, this person X is like on my side of the planet. They live in uh, just are in Canada now. During COVID, the ex was like, hey, I want my visitation. Never exercise visitation. I want my visitation. I'll just say this is another scenario. Finally, during the middle of COVID, it's like, okay, fine, because there's all kinds of threats. You know, I'm going to call the cops, say you're kidnapping, you know, all this stuff. It's like, okay, fine. Ships the child across the planet back to the West Coast. And ultimately to come to find out what it was is he wanted the kid so that he could basically go back to court and say, I'm paying too much in child support. See, I paid to have my kid fly from, from, you know, the, the West coast or the East coast to the West coast. And, and I make less money and they told him to go pound sand, but that's what it was. It was just to try to have physical possession of the child, to try to file a motion, to try to lower the amount. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, the person actually thought initially that it was, that it was to just try to cause, well, it was to cause stress in their life or, you know, mess with their new relationship or new marriage and stuff. But I mean, it's just, it's like, it's hard to sometimes figure out what the hell these people are really trying to do. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just infuriating. I mean, and I guess, I so. well, let me, I mean, so the real reality is, is like, if you're in a situation where someone's just do, I, mean, I know what your answer is going to be, but I'll ask it anyways. What do you do when you have somebody that's doing stupid stuff like that? What's your course of action to try to get some sanity back in your life? The only, I mean, it's the same thing that I said before. There's nothing that you can do to control them. The, I mean, you individually. The only way you can control them is through the long arm of the law. 
You know, that's what they, I, I said before, they only understand jail, fines, and losing. Right. That's, that's it. That's, that's the answer. It's, it's, a, nobody wants to do it. It's expensive and it doesn't always work, but there is no other answer. I mean, it's like you're negotiating with a terrorist in a way. I mean, they're, they're always going to win. They're ruthless. They don't care. You care about your kids. So there's some limits to what you're going to do. Right. There, there are certain lines you won't cross. But they don't have those boundaries. They don't care if they hurt their kid. They do, it, so you can't yeah. you can't win when the other person is more ruthless than you. And that's you just go. It just takes you right back to the court system, really. Well, and that's um, I mean, it, it really boils down to. And you're right. I mean, the reality is, is you have to find a pain point that means something to them, because they're not going to look at the what the, the the pain point isn't. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm putting my kids through this. I need to stop that. That's not a pain point. You have to find something that exposes them, hurts their reputation, costs them money, costs them time, costs them, you know, something, some tangible I thing. I don't know if they care that much about money either. Or even Sam Backman says they don't care that much about money. I mean, unless it's, they, they just don't care about any of that stuff, man. They, I mean, it's worth, it was worth it for my ex to, if, if she could take $500 from me, and it cost her $10,000 to do that, she'd do it. You know, she would do it in a heartbeat. So they don't care about any of that stuff. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're right. I mean, and I guess in my situation, my ex basically was just being funded by me. So she didn't have her own career, her own job. Uh, She was only, I mean, I mean, she's been up until this last year, she's been 100% living off me. So, uh, you know, I mean, that's your money. She's spending your money. Yeah. She's not going yeah, to stop yeah, spending yeah. your money. She doesn't yeah. care about that. I mean, and then <laughs> if it hurt the kids, somebody said that they don't see that they hurt the kids. I think John Boston, they know, they know they hurt the kids. They just don't care. They do see that. They do see that they're hurting the kids by what they're doing and they don't care. You yeah. Know, it's because it's uh, they don't have that connection. They don't have that empathy to be able to see it. I mean, I, you're right. I mean, it's like, it, cause people often ask, they'll say, well, well, you know, does a narcissistic person know what they're doing? And it's like, well, it's it's a nuanced question because the answer is, well, yeah, logically they know what they're doing, but do they really feel what they're doing? And the answer is no, because anybody who was feeling what they were doing would fucking stop. I'm sorry, would stop. They wouldn't do it. You know, they don't. They don't think they don't think of other people as actual humans. Like we're yeah. all just a character in their story. So they don't understand the concept of abusing a possession. That the child is a possession to them. They own the child. Right. Um, there, there's some talk about money popping up in the comments. My ex cared about money in the sense that she could take it from me. That made her feel good. But I mean, if you look at the case with the dental, yeah. she said, Hey, I'm not gonna pay for the dental. And people would think, hey, she must be greedy. But then I said, you know what, I'll pay the whole amount. And she <laughs> got in the way of that. She remember she got in the way. If you watch well, the hearing, I watched the, 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 the attorney asks her, "Why did you interfere with the dental when Alex paid it all?" Oh well, you know, she didn't have a good answer. But that, I mean, they confuse. Yeah. These are pl- they, these things are plausible. They confuse us all. Oh yeah, these surface things. But deep down, they just want to cause conflict. And when you take money out of the equation, they'll find a different way to cause conflict. And that's a red flag that they really just used it. It was it was one of the ways to cause conflict. And you took that away by saying you would pay it all. So they found another way to cause conflict. That's just what I, they do. They, they I do remember that. I was watching that one. Uh, I was watching the uh, that that section of the of the of your of the case. Right. That one part of the video where it was, she was talking about that. And it was like, 
you know, well, so, you know, did you said you would pay it, you know, you paid the whole thing and you're like, no, you wouldn't pay it. So I paid it so the procedure could be done. Well, yeah, but, right. but so you paid it. Yeah. Because you wouldn't pay your half, you know, yeah. I mean, you didn't get, you didn't get animated on it. You were, I, I'll say, dude, I mean, you were very, very calm, a matter of fact, but yeah, I mean, it was just, but you, but you're right. It's just like, they want the conflict. If so, you want to protect your kids, you have to use, you have to use the cliche. just said something amazing that they only understand force. Yes. My ex understood this, ma'am, you will do this or we will throw you in a cell. Uh, she understood that language. She didn't, if you say, please do this because it's good for your kids, they won't do it. Nope. If you say, please do this, or I will throw you in a cell and lock you up, then they'll do it. Did they, they understand that. And guys. It came they to the, did that. it come to that point? In your case, yes, she was ordered in prison and then she cried and the judge suspended the sentence. But I mean, ultimately, the right course of action was to erase it from the birth certificate yeah. in the very end. And I, you have to watch the whole thing to find out why somebody asked. I can't remember who he asked what I would do to reform the family court system. <laughs> well, there's two. It's a two step process. So the first thing is I would close all the discretionary windows and control the process using strict statutory language. This means the judges have a lot less wiggle room and they, they follow instructions. This is what you do in this situation. And then the judges who don't do that, you fire them. That's it. So step one, list of rules that they follow. Step two, the ones that don't follow them are fired and replaced. No, that's, that's the beginning and the end of the reform. Um, see, we got a bunch of comments. Hey, there's one other caller. Do you want to try to do that real quick? You got time or are you yeah, running sure. out of time? No, I'm not, I have a lot of time. This is actually a really good one. So I'm happy to stay on. Okay. So let me, uh, let me grab this one at area code five, two, zero. Hello. And welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I have a, uh, I'm at the end of a high custody, high conflict uh, custody case here. There's already a settlement agreement um, being drafted up, but it's already in transcript. Um, it's really nothing to fight about, but um, it's, it's another one of these cases um, where I, I just don't know, is this thing going to end? Um, I've got several, several questions. I'll have to call in on separate time to one of you, but right now, speaking of medical, uh, there's a situation where the ex has, we've agreed that I'm going to cover uh, the medical insurance, but the ex has established um, uh, new pediatrician on her own insurance um, and has indicated to me all of a sudden that she plans to keep her own insurance, which is very expensive. Um, doesn't make any sense for her financially, but um so I'm thinking to myself, where's this going? What do I need to do about it? Um, can I do anything about it? Um, I suppose I can ask my attorney, but I don't actually trust him to give me good advice because he tells me he doesn't believe uh, anything I say about how these people behave. And he believes that she's fundamentally good at heart. So it seems yes. that any advice he's going to come up with is based on that. So... It should, it, you know, is this, is this an issue at all to be worried about? <clears throat> all right. Thanks for asking. Do you, do you have any clarification you want to ask Alex before I let him go? Um, I mean, I, I, no, I, 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 like, go ahead, Alex. I, I, I wasn't sure. I mean, what, what was the question? Could you wrap Could you give me? Uh, yeah. Can you, can I you, you the question? 
So uh, it seems to me, if we've agreed in the settlement that I'm covering, basically, the kids are going to go on my health care, which means that she has to pay half of everything, half the premium, half the out-of-pocket, half the co-pays. But now, all of a sudden, she's decided she's going to establish her own doctor on her own insurance plan with the kids. Um, It just doesn't smell right. It seems like, no, I need to make sure that she's going to be paying and accountable for paying half of my premium every month, half of the costs. You won't um, get her. Hey, man, just let me just throw this out there. Typically, you don't get that. I mean, if you caught if you spend five hundred dollars on your medical, that's a eat eat cost for you. The only money typically you're going to get is co-pays and out of pocket. So like if you're paying, you know, five hundred dollars a month for your medical insurance, you're not going to get two fifty. You're going to, you're going to pay $500 a month. And then when you take the kids to the doctor and the copay is $20, you'll get $10. So, I mean, just. No, that's not true. In Nevada, he'll get a deviation down. He'll get a premium. Well, okay. And I got that for an offset on child support, but it's Jesus. It's pennies on the fucking dollar. And to be honest, if he, if the court order says that he's, that he's supposed to do it, he's already got the deviation for it. And if she gets it, it's, she's not going to get a benefit from it. The only thing is, is that she'll just be able to use that as secondary insurance to, uh, to mm-hmm. offset whatever the less the remaining cost is. I mean, really, it sounds like it's not that it, it sounds like it's, it's, she's being a pain in the ass, but it doesn't seem like it's actually, it's not going to, you know, I mean, it's, it's, do you see a problem with that, Alex? No, some parents do it. They, if they go back to court, the court will just, um, order deviations on both. It's just math. They'll take both premiums, have them, and adjust child support accordingly, and that's it. Your your child now has double double the insurance. And yeah, I mean, and technically, you're probably better off. I mean, I mean, I guess it depends, right? Because the problem would be, see, I have a PPO, so mm-hmm. I can go wherever, right? My kids can go wherever. Whereas if she got something like, let's say she got Kaiser, and my ex did that and put the kids on there, well, my insurance isn't going to cover Kaiser. Right. I mean, so I could see a problem there, but then it goes back to what you were talking about earlier that it's, they just create conflict, right? It's like, okay, crap. I won. Now it's easy. And if this guy who called, which I I disconnect the call. So thank you for your, your question caller. Um, it just, it's just to add extra conflict. I mean, realistically it it falls in line with what you were just talking about. Right. Yeah. There were a few times when my ex would do stuff like that, thinking that I would argue and I'd be like, no, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't hurt our kid. So yeah. I let it go. She would think that I was like her and that I was going to have something to say. And I, would, I just wouldn't, there's nothing, which then, which then not affecting our child. And then, and then that's it. And it's the thing, and the thing on that is it infuriates them whenever they try to yep. push your buttons and it doesn't work and then they'll try something yeah. else. Yeah. So. There was this rule she had to follow that she had to give me notice before coming to, to get him. And she just like sent a text one day saying, Hey, I'm in town. I want to see him now. She thought I was going to say no, cause he didn't follow the court's order and all that. I said, all right, it's fine, but don't do it again because you never know. I might be at work or something. She did it again because she was pissed that I didn't get mad. So she did it right. again. Well, because she wanted you I to did. get mad. So she was trying to set right. up a situation to where you would do what she expected you to do. Mm-hmm. And so then the second time I said, hey, if you do this one more time, I'm, I'm going to deny you know, the visit. But all right, go ahead and come get him. So then guess what? Did it a third time because that's what she wanted. You know, and so anyway, I uh, the third time I denied the visits, and then she went, "Oh, I won't let me see the kid." And it's like, yeah, well, after you were told to stop doing it by the court and by me, and you got all this leeway, 
you, you finally got what you wanted, which was to tell the world that you are a mother who doesn't get to see your child because I, I don't let you see her, him. Anyway, that's, it, yeah, I mean, I kind of got off course there, but you, you get the idea. Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, actually you brought up a good point that uh, if you got a couple more minutes. I'm actually not in a rush. I'm fine. Okay. So, and I'm actually off today. So that's what that, for anyone who's wondering, thinking, Hey, wait a minute, it's a two hour show. Normally I end this show because I have my day job I have to go to, but it's veterans day. But no, what I wanted to, 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 to touch on is if I can remember my thought now is, um, uh, crap. I think I just lost it. Damn it. Damn it. As you see a question or anything you want to hit while I'm trying to remember what the hell, what, what <laughs> profound thing I was going to come up with. <laughs> Let's see. There was a DJ Turner who said it, who said that the last caller had to find a new attorney. That's actually um, very true. I didn't mention that though, because I know that a lot of people struggle with that. But um, if you've watched the My Docket series, you'll see that I swap out my free attorney two times because she didn't agree with me. Um, There's the first time, you know, I needed to file some stuff and she didn't think the judge would like it and this and that. And I said, well, thanks for helping me. I need to take my case back over, took my case over and won. And then the same lawyer came on again later on. Same thing happened. She helped me out a little bit. Things got real dicey. She wasn't sure. And I said, you know, I'll just take my case back over. She withdraws. I take over, file a couple of motions and win. So you're going to see that it does happen where your attorney just doesn't believe you or doesn't agree with you. And ideally, that's when you switch, you know, you get a new lawyer or you just take your case over. But most people don't want to do that. And I understand why it's very scary. Yeah. So they just go ahead and stick with a lawyer. So the thing I, I did finally remember what I was going to, what I was saying is, and that was, is that they wait for you to do something once, like in your situation, that example, uh, you know, Hey, I'm in town. Let me see my kid. And you say yes. And you say yes. And then you, you know, third time you say no, then it turns into that's the reality, right? When you do what they want, now you are the person who's denying, Oh my God, he's denying me access to the child and, and, you know, won't let me see him. And, you know, I'm the victim. I mean, they, they do that all the time. They'll find things out of context to make that, that demonstrates their reality. And it's just, right. it's infuriating and it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. And it also makes him look bad because she would say that in court. And I would say, well, your honor, she left out the court's order and she left out the two times I let it slide. Right. And then she just looks terrible. It, it just, and they don't see, that's what's wrong with them. They don't see that far ahead. They're not thinking like something's seriously wrong with their, their approach. If you look at my ex in the videos uh, in 152 to 156, you'll see that. It's like, hold on a second. Didn't you realize how you would sound in court? She didn't really think yeah. that far ahead. Well, and so she's stuck there. But let me let me bring this up because I I'm sure you've heard this from from people from your uh, subscribers and viewers and stuff. Is sometimes people will walk in and have all that evidence like you had, and the judge won't even let you say anything. You know, the the person will say, "Oh my God, he doesn't let me see the kid," and then you go, "Your Honor, I have all this document. Shut up, Mr. Falcone." You know, I mean, that's where the Supreme Court comes into play. That did happen to me. That's why I won four appeals. Exactly the what you said happened to me. No, I'm going to order this. Okay. Notice of appeal reversed. You want to go again? Okay. File another appeal reversed so, again. One more time. Okay. One more appeal reversed again. <laughs> eventually you understand. The court understands. I hate to say this, but That's awesome. the court also understands the use of force. There were many occasions where the judge had a choice between doing what was best for my son or doing what she was told. And it was really sad to see that I that I had a judge who did the right thing because the Supreme court said so. 
that was how sad the situation was, is that she needed to be told what to do by her boss because she didn't get it. Yeah. Not once. You're talking about the judge. The judge. Yeah. This is, somebody was asking, is there, where do you go to learn how to represent yourself in court? The, the sad reality is that to force the judge to do the right thing, you have to learn how to get them ordered to do the right thing. And so to the, the key to learning to represent yourself is the key to learning how to do that. And all of that ties into the Supreme Court of your state. And if you don't have a really good Supreme Court like we have in Nevada, you might find yourself struggling more than me. I hope that you're in a better, you know, in a good situation. Uh, we have an amazing Supreme Court here that was not afraid to step in and thump the judge over the head when they needed to. Um, if you, that's what ultimately representing yourself is, is learning how to force the court to do what the laws say they're supposed to do. And that all ties into the Supreme Court case law, statutes and court rules. So th that's the website. He was asking for a website. Look at all those websites, the websites that have state the statutes and court rules and stuff like that. Any other website isn't going to really help that much. My website even gets you to that stuff. I tell you, you can't say, Your Honor, pursuant to Alex Falcone from the proper person, that's not <laughs> going to work. You have to go, Your Honor, pursuant to Nevada Revised Statute 178.624, subsection 2, do this. Well, I'm not going to do that. Notice of appeal, order reverse. But well, see, the Supreme Court told you to do this. Okay. So do your job. You know, that's what you have. It's, it sucks, but that's what it is. Go but, ahead. But no, and that was actually going to be my next, my next follow-up on this is that, but you have to do that part, right? I mean, if you go in there and you say, your honor, um, I have all this evidence and they say, you know, go back to that other scenario, shut the hell up, Mr. Falcone. And then you say, you know, per statute section, blah, 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 blah. I'm asking for X. And when they say no on that, you have them. If, but if, if they just say then you have them, but if you, if, if you don't, the problem is the way, if I understand it correctly, the way the game works, if you don't say the magic words, then your appeal, you don't have anything to really appeal. Right. I mean, that's, right. there's logic behind that. So the Supreme court does not want to go in and do all this extra work. They want to make sure that you told the judge what the law was and that the lodge, the, the judge screwed up anyway. If there is a, if there is any kind of chance that the judge would have done the right thing had they known, you're gonna be considered to have waived your right to that appeal with rare exceptions, subject matter jurisdiction and um, plain error, which it's very rare. So you wanna get into a situation where you go to the Supreme Court and you take Supreme Court, I told the judge the law and they said, I don't care about the law. And then the Supreme Court will go, oh, well, we'll make them understand. Right. We'll make them care. And so then the Supreme Court will enter an order and it'll say, you know, you're, you need to do this, you know, and the judges are, are really good at that. Your Honor, I need you to do this because the Supreme Court said so. You're going to get that done real quick. That's going to be the most amazing but, response ever that you get from the court. But what that means is like, so if that was, if I was in that situation, what I need to do is I need to be researching the statutes, finding case law that represents our, our that, that makes my point and then have that in the back of my mind. And when I ask for something and they, and they say, no, get that in the record that that's what I'm saying. Look, pursuant to right. blah, I'm asking for this. And whenever, right. and then, and then unfortunately what ends up happening is they feel like, well, I'm the judge, I'm God, you know, I've made my decision, shut up. And this is the way it is. And if you keep going on, I'm going to, I'm going to be mean to you. Right. I mean, that's kind of, how that typically yeah, goes. I mean, they, they get mad, but there's nothing they can do about it. They have right. to do what they're told, just like any other person who has a boss. They have to they have to do what their boss tells them to do. 
The only thing better than pursuant to NRS do this is pursuant to the Supreme Court telling you to do this, do this. It's a lot easier for them because then they don't have to think. They yeah. just do what they're told by the appellate court and you move on. It's You just have to have this horrible, this ruthless attitude because that's all they understand. It's yet another yet another one of the sad realizations that I, I picked up well, on going through the appellate court. And, and the sad part is, is they have their rules and procedures. And if you don't, if you don't, you know, if you don't say it the correct way, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking like Harry Potter, you know, you know, uh, Leviosa, yeah. you know, no, it's Leviosa, you know, I mean, it's like, if you well, don't say it, it right, it doesn't work. Right. Well, think of it like this. Think of it like this. They just want to make sure that had you at least given the judge the opportunity to do it correctly, right. that they didn't do it. I mean, they would have so much work in front of them if, oh, God. if you could just raise issues just like out of the blue like that. Well, because if it so was, if that's the case know, and I came in, I'm like, uh, you know, hey, Supreme Court, it's not fair what happened. Well, why isn't it fair? Because it's not fair. Get out of my It's not good enough. Yeah. yeah. They, they really want to limit their caseload. There's so many cases that they have filed, you know, these appeals. And there's only, in Nevada, we only have seven justices and they have all these cases. So to narrow it down, they make it so that you do as much of your research as possible and that the judge had as much of an opportunity as possible to do the right thing. And that for whatever reason, they still screwed up. Then they will go ahead and intervene and correct that mistake. So, so what people need to understand is, is if you're saying it's not fair, you need to say it's not fair because this in the law says it's not fair. That's really the key. Yeah, well, the law tells them what to do. If they don't listen to the law, why are they judges? I mean, no, no, I'm just saying. But the problem says, is, is like I don't know the law, right? I mean, I don't, oh, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know crap. So if I was rep, and, and that's see, that's the frustrating part is we hire an attorney because we're expecting <laughs> that that person knows the law and is going to do all this crap, and then the you, you and they don't won't. Know the law that well, they don't. The family, most of the family attorneys are not litigators anyway. They're yeah. settlers. That's their business model. If you're paying them less than $140,000, you most likely have hired a settler because that's how it works. They don't have that much time to give these, these $5,000, $10,000 cases. To you, that's a lot of money. To them, it's pennies. Yeah. And so they don't litigate. So they don't really get that in tune with the statutes. And they're really not filing appeals. If you find yeah. a family attorney who's filing appeals, you've hit a gold mine. That's good. Um, so you, they don't don't even know they're not stuff i probably won more appeals than 99 percent of the attorneys in the state not because i'm smarter than them but just because so few of them file appeals they just their business model isn't built around that they maybe work for a corporation they may be in an office they're a family attorney who just settles and mediates most of the stuff or maybe right. they litigate like one or two trials a year but those don't go up on appeal a lot of them will refer appeals to other attorneys and so there will be specific lawyers that just do appeals all the time. And so it's just, they just don't know, Dwayne. They don't know. They don't do any of that stuff. If, you know, if I, if my ex's attorneys knew as much as I knew about appeals, they probably wouldn't have done some of the knuckleheaded stuff that they did. I mean, I don't think well, that those attorneys want to see the judge embarrassed professionally. They don't, the, the attorneys genuinely care a lot about the judges. If so, if my ex's lawyer knew I was going to get her deemed twice on appeal, he probably wouldn't have done what he did, but he probably didn't know that I could do that. Well, and I so mean, I shit, show most people don't, right? I mean, and most attorneys, they're, they're playing in their own little, you know, playground and they're all trying to be it's nice. And business. yeah, I it's mean, they're, business. yeah, yeah, they're, they're working on their next BMW payment and their, their kid's college fund and they're doing it on our backs, unfortunately. 
it's all it is that's just a business to them. Yeah. Which I mean, and technically it is, but you would just hope that as a business that they would at least be giving us the value that we think we are. But you made a great point is that, you know, five to $10,000 is a lot of money to you and I, but uh, it, it, it doesn't mean the same thing. I mean, to them, it, it might be like, oh, okay, well, that's a day's, that's a day's, a day rate. You know, I mean, yeah. not a day rate, but I mean, that's a little excessive, but, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's not the same thing. And most people yeah. don't have, I mean, hell, I didn't have the 20, you know, $25,000 that ultimately would cost my side of the, of the fence. I mean, <clears throat> I'm still paying that crap off. I mean, that's how to, that's how to, that incident has screwed my financial life up so much that nine years later, I'm still trying to dig myself out of that hole. Now it's not all based yeah. on that, but I mean, it, it sent, it sent a cataclysmic effect that is, uh, you know, sent me off the side of a cliff, you know, but, uh, I feel lucky that I was too poor. I think, I think yeah. if I would have gotten into this now, I would have hired an attorney and I don't think I would have got anywhere near the outcome. And no. I probably would have forked over a couple of hundred grand for nothing, but I was lucky. I was too poor. I didn't have a choice. People are like, yeah. how did you do it? Alex? You were so smart. Smart but, implies a choice. There was no choice. It was just the road. No, no, you had two choices. You could walk away and say, fuck it. I can't do anything. Are you, or, um, are you, are you trying to do it yourself? I mean, and, and I get where you're at. You're like, well, okay, I'm not going to just walk away. I at least have to, I think this was your mindset. It's like, I can't walk away. I at least have to try this. If it completely fails, at least at the end of the day, I tried and I can, I can then walk away and go, well, I tried everything. I tried to do everything I possibly can, could have. And it didn't work, but at least you tried, right? Right. You know, and I agree That's with you. I agree, dude, I agree with you. I mean, if, if I would have, um, I mean, I had some resources. So the idea of going through this without an attorney was just not, it just wasn't, it wasn't an option. Um, and probably if I would have not been able to uh, come up with the initial retainer and move things around and borrow money from people or not borrow money, you know, get some family to pay for certain things. I would have been screwed and I probably would have had, I would have been in the same boat. It's like I either, I try to represent myself, but see the problem is if you get into the point to where you're representing yourself, you have to get in the game. You know, you like, you, you have to say, okay, fine, this is what I'm doing and I'm committed to it and I'm going to, you know, practice and I'm going to do whatever. I mean, it's like, not just like, okay, well I'm going to represent myself and I'm going to walk in and not have a fucking, not have a clue. You have to, you have to put some, put some effort into it. Because no one else is going to do it for you. I mean, shit, half the time, your attorney's not even going to do it for you. Not just half the time, most of the time. Yeah. Shay says, I bet Alex judges were real surprised when he won. Yeah, they were surprised. And this is because they're so obsessed with the fact that I'm not an attorney. Right. They can't get over that. They're so stuck on the fact that I'm not a lawyer that they can't get over the fact that everything that I was asking for was perfectly reasonable. It's yeah. not reasonable to have a child exchange at midnight. You don't need an appeals court to tell you that. And that's not even something that I appealed on. There were other issues, but like they, they just, they're not listening to what I'm asking for. I'm asking you to comply with the plain language of the statute, but all you're doing is obsessing over the fact that I'm not an attorney and I want an appeal. That's, that's why, I mean, it's pathetic. Where are the, where's the wisdom? There is none. It's the judges are very, they're, they're almost like the attorneys and it's just, of course, it surprised them because that's all they can. That's all they can get their head around. A non-lawyer won four appeals. That's impossible. Why don't you read the appeals and you'll see? No wonder this happened. Right. What the heck were these judges thinking? 
Well, and I mean, it's just a disconnect there. They're disconnected from reality. Well, and they don't, they don't, Um, I mean, well, and nobody wants to see, oh crap, you know, the common folk can, can figure this out and they don't need us. You know, I mean, and that's the scary part, right? Because they're not doing their damn job. I mean, you basically, uh, you you pulled the curtain behind the wizard, you know, behind the curtain and showed that, hey, these people are just doing judicial theater, you know, waving their hands around and not accomplishing anything. But in reality, if you really pinpoint focus what the hell you're doing, you can actually have some decent outcomes. Right. There were a a lot of the, the judicial theater thing I noticed very quickly. I noticed that very quickly and I, I, I didn't want hearings. I would say, no, I don't want a hearing on this. Just please enter it in writing. And yeah. then they would enter it in writing and then I could go over their head if I needed to. And if not, I wouldn't. I don't need to hear the the speech, the canned, the canned answers, the regurgitated nonsense that they give the you. Performance. I just need the performance. The order from the court is all I need. Um, one of the uh, one of your viewers wants to know more about my ex checking out. She checked out because there was nothing she could do. She had, I had primary physical custody, sole legal custody. She was banned from going to the doctor's appointments. She was banned from going to the school and she, her in-person visitation was suspended. There was nothing she could do. She was completely locked out. If she violated any of those court orders, I was going to file an order to show cause and ask her to be jailed. She was, there was nothing she could do. So she left. And then once she left after six months passed, I filed a petition to terminate parental rights and it was granted. That was it. That's the beginning and end of it. So, I mean, I don't have anything else to tell you. I mean... She left, I TPR'd her, we moved on, and that's that's where we are today. Um, there was somebody else who mentioned, so how difficult is it to modify parenting time if a judge makes a ruling, but attorneys have not drawn up the court order? Oh, you have an attorney, they have to prepare the order. If they won't prepare it, fire them and prepare it yourself. That's what I would do. Um, Fact Camp says, I've studied my butt off for judicial procedure. Okay, I, I, I don't want to get into too much comments. Go ahead. Uh, sorry. Do yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries. So, I mean, technically we're at uh, 7.33. I mean, we've kind of gone a, an hour, half an hour over. So I think this is probably a good uh, good good spot to wrap it up. Uh, I mean, we went through, I'll, I'll pull back up on the screen, the difference. So anyone who's catching this late uh, and uh, the, his links will be in the show notes and the video description if you need the links. But but here's the the proper person YouTube channel. Uh, that, uh, you know, this is what it looks like. So check that out. And you can see that my docket series we were talking about earlier is our Nevada judges YouTube channel with the different, uh, uh, hearings that have been on there and they're, whoops, crap. I just pushed one. Let me back up on that. I apologize for that. Uh, That's but as you, one. well, you know what, actually, let me just do this real quick. I, I won't play the whole thing, but just to kind of, to, to get it in here. Yeah. Well, that's probably in a bit. Uh, well, this is a Zoom meeting, but so I mean, he actually has the uh, the transcripts, not the transcripts. It's not transcripts. You got the video of the hearings. I mean, so it's mm-hmm. a it's a really tremendous resource to to be able to see how things operate. I mean, now granted, you know, every area is a little bit different, but I mean, if you want to be a fly on the wall and see how a court proceeding works, if you're if you're worried about it go check that out so you can actually see how the process actually works. And then the last thing is the uh, Our Nevada Judges website that we were talking about earlier. Um, Let me just click back to the home part of it. And and obviously that's for just his state in Nevada, but definitely check that stuff out. Anything else you want to add, Alex, before you take off? No, that was it. I had a good time. Thanks for having me on. All right. So on that, guys, let me do this real quick. Uh, 
Thank you for hanging out, and then hopefully you enjoyed this discussion. We'll definitely have to have Alex on. And the other thing I want to say is thanks to all the channel members that make all this stuff happen. Thank you so much for supporting uh, DSD and me and, and all this stuff. And have a great rest of your day. I might go live again later today because uh, I'm off. And uh, so keep an eye out for that, and I will chat with you later.